When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Welcome along to Robins on the Wild with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. In this week's episode, we'll reflect on Aston Villa, the one-all draw on Friday night under the lights at Ashton Gate. We'll have an on-the-whistle report from the Rotherham game as well, from Gregor, who's been at the New York Stadium, and we'll get the thoughts of the coaching staff after that. We'll also be hearing from Lee Johnson and how he may have stitched Gregor up slightly, and we'll get Marley Watkins' thoughts as well post-Aston Villa. So, Gregor, one-all on Friday night under the lights at Ashton Gate. Gates, uh, what do we think? Was it a fair result? I think it was a fair result. I, I think, yeah, neither team played that brilliantly. There was only, what, three or four ch- real chances for either side, not even that really. And yeah, probably the right result and neither team really deserved to win it. I thought Bristol City started the better. Aston Villa were a lot better after half-time, but maybe the Robins finished on top for the final 10 minutes. And I was expecting one of the sides to go on and and really, well, the story was all set up, wasn't it, for the likes of Tammy Abraham or Jonathan Codger or Balassi to win it, or, or likewise Wyman, Wyman sorry, at the other end. But, yeah, it wasn't to be. Yeah, a lot of uh, ex-players on opposing teams, wasn't it, there? But it just seemed one of those games, after the first 20 minutes, it seemed to peter out a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I thought it was interesting because I was looking at my colleague's sort of video reflections after the game and that was uh, Greg Evans from Birmingham and he was looking at it from the Aston Villa point of view and he was saying that he thought Bristol City were there for the taking and I actually see it the the other way around I actually thought Aston Villa were there for the taking and yeah if if City could have held on or maybe forced another few chances and then they might have done it and I just think that this is maybe in the longer stretch maybe indicates that they're not quite ready to really fight at the top end of the table, Bristol City, that is. An indication and, of where they are? Yeah, and and maybe we're going to be looking at sort of mid-table. Well, we said at the start of the season, we did our pre-season pre sort of predictions, and I said they'd have a flirt with the playoffs. But, I mean, the table's still so compact. It's It feels early, but we are a quarter of the way through the season already, aren't we? We are, yeah. And, I mean, just look at Norwich City at the moment. I was looking at the table. I couldn't believe that they're in fifth position at, at this moment in time that will obviously change across the next couple of days but but they've put a, a good run together um, Timu Puki is it? Timu uh, Puki yeah he's yeah, been brilliant for them yeah he's scoring goals and we're going to come on to this as well but Sheffield Wednesday have done alright of late as well so yeah if you put a few runs together you just fly up the table don't you? Yeah and that is what Bristol City need to do now don't they but before the international break we were hoping that perhaps they'd be a bit better off given where they were before the last international break but hasn't quite transpired that way even though we're a quarter of the way through it is still relatively early days yeah they had that run of four wins didn't they and now it's three matches without a win and it just turns around very quickly but as I say I think basically I think I think 
that they can see off this Villa side at home maybe says to me that they're not going to be quite good enough at this moment in time anyway to to really contend for the top echelons. But there's still a long way to go and you've still got the January transfer market to um, fine-tune things and... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they progress. We will. Well, we can hear from Molly Watkins now, uh, one of the wingers that's battling for a position. He came on as a sub against Aston Villa, and here's what he thought of the result. Um, a lot of returning players from both sides tonight, but um, what was your reason on the game? One, one all, are you happy with that? Yeah, I think uh, they're a quality team, quality players, so um, we'd like to have the three points at home, but um, in the end, it's good points against a team with so many good players, so yeah, good point. Uh, defenders on top maybe because there weren't too many chances in this game were there no exactly very tight and um, yeah I thought the defence were brilliant Webby and Biggs they were quality so, and Hunty Lloyd as well but the whole, yeah, the whole team um, put in a good shift and yeah we got a decent punt was it the timing of the goal maybe the one they scored just before half time I said yeah I think great. yeah everyone knows that's a you know, not the best time to concede, but, um, you know, these things happen and, um, yeah, I thought we'd done, well, I don't know, I think if anyone was going to win it, it was us, but um, one of them games and, yeah, good point. Oh, the joys of the mix zone, so noisy, isn't it, as everyone walks past, but we could just about pick up on what Marley Watkins was saying and... He is one of a number of players competing for that wide spot. Do you think Lee Johnson is still a bit up in the air about who should have those starting two wing positions? Yes, I do. I don't think I still don't think anyone has nailed down those positions on the wings. And yeah, it's a it's a real battle, isn't it, for those two shirts? And um, it's going to go right down to the wire, really. I think uh, in terms of like how the season progresses and who really stakes the the, the claim for the to start those matches. And I, I think what we'll see over the next few games and across the season is what Lee did in the last block of matches where he rotated those two positions. Basically, I think it was O'Dowd and Patterson for one game or or actually was it, sorry, O'Dowd and Watkins maybe yep. one game and then Eliasson and Patterson yep. and swapped around again. And I think that's what we'll see across this week and beyond. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think we all have opinions on who we think should have them. But after the international break, maybe maybe places will start to cement down more if they can put a run of results together. But for as long as the inconsistency continues, it's fair to keep changing them. Yeah, and also we should mention that Hakiba Delican, of course, is oh, still yeah. out injured and he could come into that um, into the reckoning as well. And I think he, uh, Lee was saying in the, his pre-match press conference on Monday that I think Hax is uh, only just returning to the grass at the moment. He's doing so. It's a little way to go, then, really. Yeah, he's literally just doing a few little jogs, but he's not. I wouldn't. I don't think he's doing changes of direction yet on the grass. That's so a that long in, way to yeah, go. Yeah, indicates. Yeah. Um, certainly a few weeks to go there. Yeah, but Frank Fielding's returned to training until here is welcome, I hear. Yes, he has. Yeah, he came back and uh, he got a round of applause from the squad, the head coach explained, and which is great to hear because he, he's such a great character, Frank Field. Mm. I know everybody always says that about him, but it's true. He is a lovely guy and that, that shows what he means to the rest of the squad there. So it, that's going to be another com- um, good competition. I'm not 100% sure that mine part is definitely going to be the number one across the entire season I think mm. Frank Fielding will have something to say about that and uh, yeah it's good for City as a result yeah always healthy to have competition pushing each other harder let's uh, hear from Lee Johnson now who spoke about Tammy Abram coming back to Ashton Gate and the relationship he still has with him um, did you get a chance to speak to any of the Villa guys? yeah I did yeah obviously Tammy's you know what I mean good lad me and Tammy sort of 
message, if you like, on quite a regular basis. And same with Conor Hurahan, Dome, obviously, I played with. Balassi, we helped out last year. And it's a bit of a school, actually, you know, like uh, a Bristol City sort of school, if you like. And listen, they're Aston Villa players and they're totally committed to, to Aston Villa, of course. But I think at this football club, um, a lot of people remember the people, you know what I mean? Because it's quite a family-based club and a lot of people have been here for a number of years and it's built around the people that, that work for the organisation and I think that's what we like, you know? We like people to um, remember Bristol and Bristol City in a fond way. Is it hard to see Tommy playing against your, your team? Um, well, listen, it's football, isn't it? And uh, I say sometimes you got to deal with it, you know, some lessons are cruel, um, but some are beautiful. And uh, I think Tammy would have learnt a lot at Bristol City, for sure, while he was here. And um, he enjoyed his spell, you know, and he's gone on to play for England. And, and I think we helped him, put him on the map. But like I said before, unfortunately, uh, for us and uh, maybe for Tammy, but he's at a good club anyway, it's difficult for us to, to go and compete with the likes of Aston Villa. Um, on, on any sort of toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe offer financially on a player like that. So Bristol City right, can compete uh, with teams like Aston Villa, even for loan players, it would seem. Yes, and it's interesting because I wasn't entirely sure how that worked on, in terms of the financials with a, a loan move and, and whether the parent club pays that or the, or the other club. And I, I think it probably does differ from club to club and deal to deal. But obviously in this case... Bristol City couldn't match Aston Villa's financial offer. And, yeah, there's, there's still a bit of a gap between the two clubs there, but maybe the Robins can, can close that over time. And obviously thinks a lot of Tammy Abram, still messages him. You know, do you think one day Lee Johnson's England manager managing Tammy Abram? Do you ever see that happening? Who knows? Stranger Who things knows? have happened. Yeah, I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Lee Johnson at some point in the future had a... England role in terms of I could see him becoming like something like the under 20 head coach or something mm. like that but maybe maybe a lot longer in the future depending on how things go yeah yeah so it's strange to think isn't it into the future about things like that now during that uh, press conference Lee Johnson you said walked in almost giggling to himself smiling and uh, you clocked that not that's unusual you know he, he does smile but there was something a little bit odd but the press conference went by, you didn't think anything of it. But then, afterwards, Bristol City have tweeted this, which is Lee Johnson referring to lyrics of a song by the ex-Bristol City player Liam Fontaine. We'll explain in just a second, but take a listen. Um, with your eyes wide, it's like you've got to take those life lessons. Sometimes you get big lessons, sometimes small. Those life lessons are obviously how you bounce back. And it's a bit of a school. Actually, some lessons are cruel, um, but some are beautiful. That you enter the job um, with your eyes wide open. Talks about those life lessons, but it also happens in, in football. Now, the tune behind Lee Johnson there is by ex-Bristol City footballer Liam Fontaine, who has recorded this song called Life Lessons. And throughout his pre-match presser to the journalists assembled there on Monday, Lee Johnson cherry-picked some of the lyrics and drop them in to his answers. Yeah. And you were blissfully unaware. Yeah, I wasn't a journalist, journalist myself, and I was setting them up for the head coach inadvertently there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we had this story in, on Bristol Live and in the Bristol Post recently that 
Adam pa- um, Baker did. He he spoke to Liam, who's up in Scotland at the moment, I believe, and yeah, he's just released this single. And yeah, obviously he's a he was at Bristol City for a long time, wasn't he? Uh, part of the promotion side of two thousand six seven and centre back, I believe, and uh, playing alongside Lewis Carey. And yeah, maybe he's got a, a future in the music industry as well. It's unbelievable that he's done that. Quite funny as well, and and shows a a good sense of humour to the head coach and. It's nice, though, to, to hear he has that relationship with Tammy Abraham. After Aston Villa then, it was Rotherham at the New York Stadium on Wednesday evening. And this week, we decided to get Gregor's thoughts on the whistle, nice and raw, of what he thought of Bristol City's performance on the night. So here is Gregor up at the New York Stadium on the full-time whistle. So there we have it, nil-nil on the final whistle for Bristol City, just walking out of the stadium at the moment and uh, reflecting on what could be a good point in the long run for Bristol City but that was certainly on the back of a very very poor performance from the Robins Bristol City just took so long to get going almost an hour before they were really into this game and I think you've got to give the home side a lot of credit but that shouldn't have come to a surprise to anyone because they've only lost once at home this season and Paul Warren's got the Millers playing some really good stuff. I think they've beaten Derby, they've beaten Millwall, beaten Ipswich at home, and uh, they've they've drawn a couple as well against decent sides. As I say, just that one defeat, and it didn't look like Bristol City were going to do anything for a long time last night. And I, I think basically that they what changed it around was the substitutions and switching the wingers, and basically. Lee Johnson started with Nicholas Eliasson and Callum O'Dowd and those guys really didn't offer very much especially Eliasson it wasn't his best game at all he was invisible for large parts and City finished a stronger once they brought on Matty Taylor Marley Watkins who was excellent I thought and he probably should have won the game he had he rounded the goalkeeper after reading a Deju flick and had a couple of bites I'm sure you'll have seen it how did he not score and also brought on Jamie Patterson and both those guys, Watkins and Patterson, hit the, hit the woodwork in the final minutes. And on another day, it could have been a tremendous smash and grab win for Bristol City. It wasn't though, and it was a dreadful and dire performance for the most part. There's no getting away from that. I feel like Lee Johnson underestimated the opposition a bit tonight by playing the likes of Elias and O'Dowder because for me, those guys are very creative but they need a little bit of space to attack and maybe are going to do better at home and against weaker opposition and maybe the head coach would have looked at Rotherham and thought there was an opportunity there to attack and win the game but it was never going to be like that and uh, in my pre-match predictions I said it would be one all or nil-nil and that's because very few teams come to Rotherham and get anything and you've got to be a very, very good team to do that so you City would have had to be at their best, their very best, to get the win. They couldn't do that. And so uh, they just take a point. And after that, Gregor went down into the press area and he got the thoughts of head coach Lee Johnson. I think at half-time, if you'd have uh, offered me the point, I would have shook your hand and taken it. Um, but in the second half, I thought we finished strong. I thought our subs made a difference. And um, arguably could have and should have won it in that second half but um, overall I suppose in the balance of play it's quite an open game I think um, 
energy, two honest teams, fair to say. Um, but we've, we've obviously had the better chances to, to stick it in. OK, so nil-nil, a point shared. And while he was there, Gregor also took the opportunity to ask Paul Warren, the Rotherham manager, about how Zach Viner has been getting on. Yeah, excellent. Got a lot of time for Zach. Um, really well. I know uh, Bristol City want him to be a centre-half. Um, I quite like him as a full-back. Uh, I saw him play as a full-back and um, he's done brilliant. He's fitted in a treat. Um, I took him out of the team um, game before last um, for the Forest game. Um, I, I, he played a lot of games in quick. He played virtually every minute for the first seven games, I think. So, and Billy Jones has been, you know, waiting his opportunity. So, uh, Zach will definitely play a big part going forward. I think I, I really like him as a kid. You know, both his parents are teachers, so he's come from good stock. And so he's right. If you know how quirky I am, then educated kids do well in my place. So I like him. Uh, he's a real good athlete and he's fit in a treat and, and the lads think the world of him. So he's doing really well. So Gregor, looking ahead to Sunday, do Bristol City suddenly not like playing at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon? There's been uh, the Sunday of the week. There was Friday night against Aston Villa and now Sunday against Sheffield Wednesday. It's getting a bit silly, isn't it? I mean, fans must be frustrated. Yeah, and you can understand why... Obviously, few games at the moment being played at in the regular three o'clock spot. I'm I'm sure that will come back around, but obviously not the case at the moment. It's a bit of an odd one this weekend. No Bristol Bears game on the Saturday at home. So I know the club did say that they wanted the extra preparation time, and maybe the head coach feels that that can make the difference. And if if City win, then maybe there won't be too many dissenting voices. Um, but we'll see what happens. What do you make of Sheffield Wednesday's start to the season? Bristol City and Sheffield Wednesday relatively close together, really in a very compact table already in the season. Are these the games Bristol City have to win against the teams around them? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the Owls had a, not not a great start, did they? But they've perked up a bit recently. Absolutely. Well, I'm a huge fan of Adam Reach. I think he's a great what, player. What a, what a goal against Leeds. Absolutely. Yeah, a, a, Absolute peach of a volley and uh, a peach yeah. from Adam Reach. You should be in commentary. You're wasted in written journalism. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, they had a good result at Villa as well. Obviously, beat them. And yeah, the draw against Leeds, creditable result. So they'll be tough to turn over at Ashton Gate. But hopefully, City can do what they did last year against them and squeak out a, a narrow victory, if, if not a, a large one. How important is that though in going to the international break? When they went to the last international break, it was three wins. In a row, but this time it's been a period of inconsistency, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's, it's unfortunate they haven't been able to maintain that early form. But as we were saying, not too sure that basically they're they're quite good enough just at this moment in time to really be up there. But at the same time, as we're saying, there's there's it's marginal the, the distance between the teams, and if you put a run together, then you're right back in it. So yeah, maybe a little bit of regression to the mean is the is the mm. phrase I always use and. But they're definitely good enough to beat Sheffield Wednesday, but they're going to have to bring their A game to do it, probably. Let's just go back to the Aston Villa game for a minute because we haven't talked about Steve Bruce and him going. And what's your thoughts on that? And I think you saw quite an interesting headline as well. Birmingham Mail nicely put it. There was some uh, grocery misconduct earlier this week with that cabbage being thrown at Villa Park. And I just wanted to float one name out there. Obviously, it looks like Villa are targeting the big names like such as Thierry Henry, John Terry maybe even. There was um, some links to Paolo Fonseca last night, I believe, but that doesn't look like it's happening now. 
I just wondered if uh, a championship manager might go in there and do pretty well. Dean Smith has been heavily linked, but what about Lee Johnson? Obviously, four ex-Robins there, the likes of Tammy Abraham, who Johnson's been keeping in touch with. I think he'd be a really good fit there myself, but um, I actually can't see that one happening just because uh, Villa, Villa's new owners, the Egyptian <coughs> uh, chaps who've come in and uh, are running the club now, seem to have their eyes on um, some bigger names but um, something to keep an eye on at least well Gregor thanks for your thoughts as always we'll be back next week after the Sheffield Wednesday game we'll be in the international break we'll have a special guest Adam Baker with us who's uh, going to be talking about the vast expansion potentially of Ashton Gate and the facilities around it Ashton Gate I mean as an area with this new hotel with the Bristol Flyers home being there we'll talk about the new training ground as well I want to make sorry um, just one last point on the upcoming international break just that um, I went to see the under-23s recently and they've got some real talent in the ranks there. And I've been told that there might have been someone from England down there at the same time. So I, I think the National Association are aware of some of the talent in the uh, lower reaches of Bristol City. And that could be one... To Do we know any out. names that they were looking at? Um, there's a few guys. I'm always a little bit reluct- reluctant to single out the younger guys Um whether it's fair on them because they're a bit younger. But, but they'll be away in this international break as well. Um, I don't know if they're going to be chosen, that's the thing. But but they've, they've started scouting them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely Very have, interesting. So. But the unders take their international breaks at the same time is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah. Well, we shall see. It's going to be quite interesting. We'll have more on that next week. Adam Baker will be here, as I just said, and we'll reflect on the Sheffield Wednesday result too. Join us then. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services based in Bristol who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robins on the Wire.